Hi, friends. Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. On today's episode of SpongeBob Binge Pants, we're talking about two of the most iconic, and I'll say it again, iconic episodes of the series, Jellyfishing and Plankton with an exclamation point. And the really cool thing is, Frankie, who did we just talk to? We just talked to Mr. Lawrence, the voice of Plankton (laughs) exclamation point. So you met the man already, the man behind the villain, the villain that would become one of the most iconic and beloved characters in the SpongeBob universe and beyond. And now let's talk about not only jellyfishing, but his introduction episode to the world. Let's get into jellyfishing and Plankton. On this episode, we are talking about jellyfishing, yet another iconic episode that introduces us to the sport of jellyfishing with SpongeBob and Patrick, but also we get to explore more their amazing relationship with Squidward as Squidward attempts to get in on the fun one more time, but ends up in a horrible accident, at which point SpongeBob and Patrick make it their MO to make Squidward feel better and have the best day ever, which, as we all know, goes terribly wrong. (laughs) Let's get into it. But what is best is what we save for last. The one surefire thing to make your best day ever the best day ever. This is Jellyfish Fields, where wild jellyfish roam just waiting to be captured. So Frankie, what did you think of this episode? This, again, classic episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, jellyfishing, what'd you think? I cry laugh at this episode. Like, I (laughs) cannot breathe with laughter when Squidward (laughs) comes up the hill. I might be jumping to the, jumping a little bit further into the episode, but basically, SpongeBob and Patrick, you know, go jellyfishing. They have this amazing, wonderful time. Squidward gets so unbelievably injured by trying to chase a jellyfish himself. And when he comes back, up the hill, and he is a mummy in in that motorized wheelchair. I mean, I just I just start belly laughing, and I basically belly laugh from there until the end of the episode. I think I th- it's one of the funniest episodes. I think it's 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 hard to do the here's a character who's injured, and now the yes. humor is going to come from them continually being injured. Like yeah. we've seen it a million plus times, yeah. and sometimes it's like hard to watch that stuff because you feel bad for the character. Yeah. And this episode strikes the perfect balance where like. I do feel bad for Squidward, but at the same time, when Patrick takes the jellyfishing net <laughs> and jams it in his hand, and t- <laughs> tells him to firmly grasp it and, <laughs> and jams it. And there's that close up and knowing that it's Patrick, knowing that it's Squidward and he's muffled and he's screaming. It is the funniest thing in the episode. I think it's so, so funny. Um, did you and have I think another that's a beautiful moment though? I think that's a beautiful yeah. lesson learned about looking back on something that was animated 20 years ago yeah. is that like, you know, sometimes the only thing that we can do in the face of tragedy, in the face of catastrophe, in the face of injury is laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes that is actually the best medicine in the moment you know and obviously Mm -hmm. that's a great thing that we are allowed to do in the cartoon world because we know those characters are fine he's very much not fine like he's got two of his legs sticking up in the (gasps) cast right because of his multiple legs which i I think is so funny and yeah i i also love the very opening to the episode where our 
narrator Frenchy, the way he says jellyfish, where he's like jellyfish, like like with a, such a soft <laughs> J with that Y, I think it's so funny. <laughs> jellyfish, jellyfish, <laughs> jellyfish. Yeah, and there's so many iconic moments. I mean, this is when we're introduced to the concept of best day ever. Which becomes, mm-hmm. obviously, You're right. as we know, the best day ever. Like You're one right. of the most classic uh, SpongeBob episodes ever is kind of introduced here as they try to give Squidward their best day ever and mm-hmm. end up, you know, even the the, the scene when uh, Patrick is <laughs> ladling soup into his mouth and it's not working, <laughs> so he's trying to blow it, cool it off, but is <laughs> just scalding his face by trying to do it and blowing the letters all over his face is just hysterical. They did such a great job with this episode. I love the way that the spongebob storytellers will kind of pick and choose their physics and pick and choose their realities to put into Mm -hmm. this world so like we're underwater we know this but as you've explained professor frankie like there is still an ocean under the ocean so i'm already sold on that like now now that i know that i'm like okay there's there's other things about the underwater world that i can accept but the fact that he has soup and normally (laughs) the show itself is so whimsical and it's so absurdist and so crazy and yet The simple act of like blowing on soup too hard to where it splashes on Squidward's face, I feel like it's such a grounded and kind of down to earth bit. Like it's such a, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a crazy over the top exaggerated thing. It's almost kind of subtle and then it turns into being exaggerated, but it's so funny because of how maybe relatable it is. I don't know. Just because when you're a kid and you're watching this, you're like, yeah, soup's hot. That would hurt real bad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I feel like we've all kind of done that. Like, I feel like there's always been that moment of like, you know, as a kid anyway, for me, like blowing on that hot soup and like completely splattering it all over all over the place yes like i know i did it i um, as a kid so i i didn't learn for a long time how to properly <laughs> soup to be honest i don't know <laughs> if i can do it today without making a mess or without Frankie, burning my mouth <laughs> i'm sure you're a great soup eater i'm positive you. you're a great soup eater <laughs> Thank you're you, so Hector. put together you're a great soup eater here's here's the here's the thing i i don't know about I've never been stung by a jellyfish. Oh, I have information. You have information because I have never, but that's one of the things that like, not just in cartoons, but like in movies and TV shows, like it, it, and as a kid, I feel like it was one of those things along with like quicksand where you're like, I'll never, you think you're going to deal with quicksand all the time in your adult life when you're a kid because of, because of how like prevalent it is in media. Uh, but, um, but jellyfish, you, it, you can get stung by a jellyfish by going swimming in the ocean at the beach even. So like, I've thankfully never been so far stung by a jellyfish. You have information. Is that information that you yourself have been stung, sir? Yes. Oh my God. (gasps) So I am a jellyfish magnet. I, uh, yes, there are these creatures called man of war jellyfish, which float on the top of the ocean. I was uh, raised in Florida from much of my life and I got stung by those all the time. But then also, so when I scuba dive. I also magically attract a jellyfish. Like every Whoa. time, even if there's no no one to be seen, I get stung by a jellyfish. So much to the point of one day, I was like, I'm not getting stung today. So I wore head to toe um, a wetsuit. I wore right. boots. I wore gloves. I wore a mask that came like this around my mask. And guess where I got stung? The one place it could get me was my lips and no. I got stung by a jellyfish right <laughs> on my lips. And it was like the one piece of skin that was exposed. So oh I'm a jellyfish magnet. Um, it goes away pretty fast. I haven't gotten severely injured at like all. The, like the pain goes away? 
Yeah, it's not something that stays. Actually, they tell you to pee on jellyfish stings. Actually, okay, that was that my actually, follow-up question, Frankie, and it's awkward because how do you ask this to pee on my lip? Who? Yeah, you, that, no, no, <laughs> I didn't do that. I did not have anyone pee on my lip. But um, <laughs> it is it is fun, and it is um, I mean, like it's a fun fact that like these things are the, the the things you're supposed to do. But I didn't do that. I just kind of like let it, and and it was totally fine. I'm gonna need producer Ethan to jump in again and confirm if that's true or not. <laughs> our our producer said that you're not actually supposed to pee on a jellyfish sting. Great, a scientist mm-hmm. told him. But here's the thing, Frankie, you're a scientist. You're a scientist, though. So I'm a, I am a scientist. We're kidding. He's not. And any of the times where you were stung when you were like younger and stuff like in florida has there ever been like maybe stung stung on the leg has has there ever been a case where you're like i need somebody to pee on my leg or somebody who's like i insist okay good good i was like that's that's ridiculous i'll be fine (laughs) can you describe the pain of being stung by a jellyfish because i don't i have no frame of reference i don't know how painful it is so i'm i'm I was stung by a wasp as well as a kid, and it's okay. like it's kind of like a lesser version of that because it's not as concentrated. So, the oh. way a jellyfish works, and this is part of Frankie's facts, is in those long tendrils that they have. They have cells called nematocysts, and I was actually pretty obsessed with them when I discovered what they were because it is they have microscopic harpoons. No, these cells, yes, have little harpoons that they shoot the harpoons into you. And that's what delivers, you know, the toxin that stings you. Um, and if you're a small enough creature, that harpoon can actually draw you in, and then they pull you into the tentacles. So oh there's my little gosh. cells that are loaded harpoons, little loaded harpoons that will sting you. So it's like it's like a wasp sting, but instead of it being concentrated, it's like a long, Whoa. L- long. Um, so it kind of spreads it out in a my, bunch of you know. microscopic. But the bigger they are, the scarier the sting. So yeah. I've been very lucky in my life that I haven't actually had to be, you know, like hospitalized or treated for my stings. Are they, it's been very, have you been stung by kind of like smaller jellyfish, I guess, kind of normal sized? Um, I have. Uh, yeah, they were kind of normal sized, okay. like a normal sized jellyfish when, or, or ones that I didn't even get to see. Because they get you and they swim away. So you can't even see what the heck stung you. Or they've been chopped up by a boat, oh. and so only their tentacles are floating around in the ocean. And that and can still get you? Yeah, can still get you. Wow. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. When creatures. you said microscopic harpoons, I pictured Tobey Maguire's thumb from the first Spider-Man movie when he like looks at his thumb and there's all yes! these little spikes that come out. Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> oh, we're such nerds. I love <laughs> us so much. Okay, because I, I was going to ask if... This episode kind of gives a, a realistic depiction of jellyfish. Um, I mean, they don't chase you. They're they have no sort of you know consciousness. You know, they're just beings floating in the water without any sort of like let's go that way or like mm-hmm. hmm, there's food over there. Let me go swim towards that. It's Beautiful. they're all regulated. They're regulated by the light. You know, they can move towards mm. and away from light. They have photoreceptors, and that's how they move up or down light and potentially temperature. But no, they're not like they can't chase Squidward, you know, or right. run or run back home to mommy, which <laughs> I also think is like one of the craziest, greatest moments of this episode is when we're all of a sudden Squidward has finally caught his jellyfish mm-hmm. and happens to be smacking against the mothership, <laughs> which it's very, it's very close encounters of the third kind that yep. like takes off and it's like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's it's and it was it was a great button to finish the episode too to bring back the huge jellyfish i thought yeah it was great it was yes. so great 
And, and you know what? And also so that kids are not upset, the final image of the episode is Squidward fine. Yes. He, is, mm-hmm. he has been completely electrocuted. His cast shatters and under which he looks great. He's fine. He looks yeah. just like normal Squidward. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's like the, the laugh at his expense was actually quite all right because yeah. he is just fine underneath that cast. And, of course, you know, this is the episode where we also get introduced to jellyfishing as a sport, mm-hmm. which has... Which becomes, you know, the through line for many, many SpongeBob episodes, mm-hmm. like down the line. And what a fun idea. We must ask someone someday yes. about where that idea of jellyfishing as their uh, as their butterflies. Is someone who's like, oh, jellyfish look like they're butterflies. We should catch them in a net. Like, yeah. How did that happen? Did you did you ever go did you ever go butterfly catching as a kid? I never did that. You know, I, 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 I'm so weird. I studied entomology in college, so that was the closest cool. I ever got. I actually cool. had to go collect insects for a project. I had to have 50 different insects of different species or something. That's cool. Um, and so I had to capture a butterfly, but, um, I, that was it. I didn't, I wasn't like, I think I tried when I was a kid and I like quickly gave up. I was like, this is, I don't want to do this. <laughs> this is like, hard. It's a lot of running. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Butterflies it's are a fast. Lot of, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, they are fast. But also like, I don't know. I, I felt like it was just the wrong thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I quickly lost interest in butterfly catching when I was a kid. What about you? I Did remember you? when I was a kid and like the first Pokemon video game came out on the Game Boy, the Game Boy Pocket and Game Boy Color and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. That I learned that like the inspiration for that world was also that the creator of the game had gone bug catching as a kid in Japan Amazing. when he was growing up. So he, he wanted to try to capture the feeling of kind of going out into like some wilderness or some forest or some nature and just like yeah. finding bugs and putting them in bottles and stuff. So then because of that and because I love that video game so much, I went out and tried it. And it, I did not have a fun time. So maybe, maybe, (laughs) Frankie, maybe you and I are just not built for that kind of thing. And, you know, you you studied science in a different way. And then I just kept back. I just went back to playing video games and watching SpongeBob. So, you know, wasn't for us, but that's okay. But that's okay. My cockroach that I caught was massive. It was a palmetto bug. It was really big. And everyone was so impressed with my cockroach. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, it was really hard to catch because they're impossible to catch. It caught itself on my carpet. Like its little <laughs> leg was caught on my carpet. And so like I stared okay. at it for like maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. And like talked myself into being like, you're going to go over there and you're going to yeah. put that in a jar. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. And I was like, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. And I was like, it's just sitting there. You have to go. You're basically yeah. helping it. So like, yeah. go, just go over there. And I was like, okay, okay. And eventually I put it in a jar, but it was really Frankie, scary. I got to be honest, between <laughs> between my girlfriend and I, we were full grown adults. She's really the one who's going to capture bugs and put them outside. Like still yeah, to this day, hell. I'm like, look, that's not me. I'll do other stuff. I do other stuff around the house. No, thank you. I'll pass, please. And I know they're more scared of us than we are of them. I know all that stuff. I'm a rational adult. I get it. I I, I totally get it. It's fine. But I just feel still like squigged out. I don't know. When other people are panicking about yeah. an insect, I can pick it up. Yes, then it's I'm so calm. funny. Well, like I become superhero, Superman. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's someone I can help the situation. Let you me get just a, grab it, get a piece put it over of paper, there, and then after are- yeah, done. I'm great, but if if, if it's you're by yourself, just me and alone, no, 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 no. <laughs> it no I'll, a horror I'll, movie. Say, I'll be the hero. Let yeah. me be the hero. You know, yeah. if there's an audience, I can do anything. You know. <laughs> <laughs> do exactly. you have a funniest moment from this episode? I mean, it's tough to beat firmly grasp it and then puncture yeah. it through the thing. But uh, I do love the 
there's a there's a couple of moments. There's a moment where at the beginning of the episode, and this is what I love about SpongeBob too, is that it's not speaking of superheroes. It's not a superhero show. It's not an action no. show to be taken seriously in that way. So when Patrick and SpongeBob are getting ready, like classic Batman and Robin from the old '60s Adam West Into Burt Ward Bat TV cave. show, you know when they slide down the ropes or whatever, and it's all cool and they're tough, then they go because ah, 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 they got like rope burn on their hand. I thought it was such a great way to remind the audience what show we're watching. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's always about comedy. It's always about making us laugh. I thought that that was so, so funny. And I also just love the moment too, again, similar where SpongeBob's got his glasses on and then the door opens and they're like, it, you feel like it's going to be this big momentous thing. And then they just go like, la, 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 la to <laughs> run outside and start, you know, jellyfishing. Adorable. I love it. And also that whole Batman thing, we get, we get like a little taste of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yes, will coming like soon. Just the greatest, the greatest, I think, additional characters that we've ever seen in the SpongeBob universe. The best, some but of the best. Immediately when that music kicked in, I was like, <gasps> Mermaid yep. Man and Barnacle Boy is in this episode, and nope. I was like, No, they're not, <laughs> but they're gonna be soon. <laughs> it's a, it's a great episode that I honestly kind of forgot that it wasn't just based around jelly fishing totally that a whole chunk right. of the episode was like squidward gets hurt and then yeah. it's spongebob and patrick like making his life miserable and i and i think the sweetest oh. moment the sweetest moment is when squidward's riding away at the beginning on his bicycle because he doesn't want to have anything to do with them and patrick has a realization of like maybe he doesn't like us and what does spongebob say he goes no are you kidding we're his best friends without missing a beat just like um, yep. like there's no question there's no yep. it, there it, it, there is no world where squidward does not love patrick and spongebob according to spongebob which is yep. so beautiful and so naive it's so pure it's so pure it's so <laughs> genuine you know like it's just that is that is the quintessential spongebob and that's what makes it so okay like everything becomes okay because of just the purity of, of spongebob yep. and his love for everyone like no matter what absolutely yeah oh that is a beautiful, genuine moment. I have been pampered in my day after an injury and been like, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. But yep. you don't want to say that yep. to the person that's pampering you. You want you you want your mom to feel like when she spent all day making that chicken noodle soup, that that's exactly what you want to do is sit there yeah. and eat it with her all, all, all day. But really, you just want to go into your room and feel terrible just, and watch I, Netflix and sleep. Yep. Just want to watch Price is Right rerun, reruns. Exactly. Please just let me watch the art of bob ross like i just want to be left alone exactly. as i heal <laughs> but but you you do you accept that charity yeah and you love it um in some part of you and i think that that was just like so beautifully depicted in this episode because you know squidward didn't want any company mm -hmm. but at the same time he was literally incapable of doing anything himself so he did need a little help he needed just you didn't come yeah. across the right way when he was blowing the soup in his face wonderful episode <laughs> And now, Frankie, I think it's time. Are you ready? We can move yes. on to the next segment of this third episode. You want to talk about classic. You want to talk about iconic. You want to talk about cartoons that have reshaped the history of man. Okay. Look no further than Plankton. Here we go. Here's a recap of what happens in the first ever introduction of Plankton. So SpongeBob is enjoying a great day at work when a Krabby Patty tries to escape on its own, only it's not a Patty come to life. It's Plankton 
He's the rival of Mr. Krabs and owner of the Chum Bucket, who's been trying to steal the Krabby Patty secret formula for years. As I'm saying this, it's like, remember when there was a time where this was new information? It just feels so like we know this. We know this, Hector. So Plankton in this episode, in his first appearance, he goes so far even as to take over SpongeBob's brain. Will he succeed? We're going to find out. This is no ghost. This is Plankton stealing me booty. Hear me, Krabs. When I discover your formula for Krabby Patties, I'll run you out of business. I went to college. Hey, let me go. Oh, I'll let you go, Squirt. On a flying saucer. <laughs> Frankie, rewatching this, what was your overall thoughts rewatching the introduction to Plankton? I was, again, blown away just like you about the fact that this was new information ever, you know, and it's like, but it's also, it was just so matter-of-factly, you know, Mr. Krabby, as it always is, you know, it's just like, no, that's just Plankton. He's Mm -hmm. trying to steal me Krabby Patty formula. And it's like, everyone is just like, what? Oh, okay, cool. We're on board. But um, I love this episode for many reasons. First of all, I love Plankton. Yes, me too. I love Plankton. I think that he's the perfect villain, and they say it in this episode. Why is he the perfect villain? Because he is 1% evil and 99% hot gas. They tell us that when he is analyzed at the end of the episode, this guy is not a threat to anyone and doesn't really have any malicious intent (laughs) behind what he is trying to do, Mm -hmm. which is basically take his horrific business which no one will go into and just make it a place that will potentially earn him some money and a living although he is very rich for mm-hmm. for not having a single person in that restaurant yeah he's gotta have Where's a you nice little technology man it's crazy i know right questions and we need our- answers to Yes, exactly. And that just like you mentioned also, another reason why I love Plankton is he, like Sandy, makes mm-hmm. the impossible possible mm-hmm. in this underwater world. He is the James Cameron of the SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> universe. He builds underwater machines that can do incredible feats, yeah. including 3D imagery, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And um, it's and the I future just, of I, cinema. I'm positive exactly. that's how he would feel. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And I just, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. And uh, so that's one reason why I just absolutely love this first episode. Great episode. Yeah. And what's, what's it something that stuck? stands out to you when rewatching it? I, there's a, there's a bunch, but I, I was also just kind of floored at how, again, how perfectly executed this character is from his Mm. first introduction. It was never a thing of like, look, you can go back and watch the first season of the Simpsons and it's rough. It's different. You know, you can Mm. go back and watch even early seasons of, um, early appearances of of other classic cartoon characters and even something with like Batman, the animated series, like the first season feels different than the stuff that came out later. And, and a lot of those shows that go for so many years, you can see like them refining the character, refining the character. But dude, how many times have we said now, Frankie, each time these characters appear, whether it's Sandy Cheeks or even Larry, the lobster, this minor side character, it's like, Oh, they're already perfectly fully formed. Perfect. Steven Hellenberg and the other people he was working with, they so had these characters nailed from the beginning. You know, when we were just talking to Mr. Lawrence and learning that like he was auditioning and he was he was there at the beginning when they were developing the pilot for SpongeBob, not knowing that that this was going to be the show that was going to get picked up and last for all of these years and decades. But like they all really knew what these characters were. And that formula for the characters is so great. It's just, it's, that's the thing I was so blown away by, by this episode. It's like, yeah, that's fully formed, perfect plankton. 
And he is that way today. And he was that way in 1999. It's wild. Here's what I think was the thing I laughed at the most. Okay, tell me. After Plankton leaves, something makes SpongeBob laugh and then he can't turn it off. And Mr. Krabs is like, all right, it's not that funny. Like, and SpongeBob just keeps laughing. And I'm like, that's so weird and funny. (laughs) Well, it's also the first time that we get introduced into the fact that like, this is going to be a thing in the SpongeBob world, which is the, the extended the the joke that goes too long. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. This is the I think it's our first time of seeing like mm-hmm. this this joke is going to go too long and you're going to sit there and you're going to watch it <laughs> and, and it's going to we're going to laugh. And it's funny and then it's going to be a little funnier and then it's yep. going to be unfunny and then it's yep. going to be the funniest. Like when it yes. loops back around. <laughs> Correct, exactly. And so I think I love that you love that moment because so did I because I was, I was like, okay, all right, it's not that funny. It okay. is because it's true and then that's what made us laugh was yep. the Mr. Kraz thing because we've already gotten over the fact that we're like he's still making that sound. Oh my yeah. goodness. Um I think also one of the greatest things that just like made me like and and Plankton is also shocked by it is that SpongeBob isn't dumb. Yes. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob figures out the plot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, "Wait a second, mm-hmm. you've got unclear motivations." Yeah. You know, like he's like, "Not even under, <laughs> untoward." Untoward is the word. Untoward motivations. You know, he's very. Uh, he picks up on that right away, mm-hmm. and uh, Plankton is absolutely shocked. And I think that the the audience might be as well because we've already come to think of him as kind of like you know the Rose Nylon of yes. uh, SpongeBob. You know, he's mm-hmm. he is the you know kind of the um the naive the dumb character. character. Yeah. He's dumb. He's a little dumb and naive. Yeah, um, but he isn't. No, he isn't. He has his wits about him, and he knows what he's doing, and he knows what's up. And so I think in that moment we're all like, wow look at that. That's something new that we learned about this character. And I think it's also, again, back to his pure motivations, which is like when he senses that there is something uh, wrong with the, the motivations of the person he's speaking with, he can, he's, he has the ability to call that out. Yep. I think it, I, and think I love it, that about him. It strengthens the dynamic between the hero SpongeBob and the antagonist of Plankton or whoever else they decide to, to use as kind of an antagonist because yeah, it's like you said, he, it can't just be the basic villain cartoon plot where they easily manipulate or trick the good guy right and the trick is so dumb that you're like how can he not see through this so yeah i love that but they they were able to maintain his spongebobbiness because plankton lies to him and he's like it's my birthday we're gonna (laughs) we're my friend right and so they become friends and then once spongebob gets wise he's walking away and he's like i'll never give you the secret formula and he goes even if we're friends so spongebob still believes that he could be friends with plankton like he still believes that that part of it could be real even if he's like hey wait a minute it's not your birthday tomorrow you're lying to me you're just trying to use me to get the secret formula but he still thinks but we are friends we could be friends yeah (laughs) which is so great (laughs) and that's a great message uh, for everyone in the world right now like let's just you know like even if somebody like shows their true colors are a little crazy, then, you know, just be like, well, you know, that you're not going to get away with that. But you mm-hmm. know what? I can, I still do love and appreciate and respect you as a person. We're on this You know, together. I love, you gotta love it. You just gotta try and send as much love out into the world as possible right now. Yeah. It's so crazy out there. Frankie, I've got a question for you. What in the heck is a planktonic copepod? A planktonic copepod. Yeah. That's an, 
excellent question because that's apparently what kind of animal Sheldon J. Plankton, Plankton is. is. Yeah, I don't, and I don't yeah. know what that is. So a copepod is a single-celled organism. Whoa. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure what kind. Of, I think a copepod means the shape of the single-celled organism. Okay. Okay. But um, he is a single-celled organism. A plank and a plankton is. Um, I think most people know does photosynthesis. So it is the ocean's um oxygen creator. Cool. It's a photosynthetic single-celled organism um that actually supplies 70 percent of oxygen for the entire planet what are you serious yes. so when they yes. said 99 percent hot air hot gas they weren't kidding like that's that's really what plankton does <laughs> yes exactly he is literally he provides oxygen to the world wow um yes cobot is a type of zooplankton planktonic crustacean distantly related to shrimp and crabs uh most common and easily recognizable type of zooplankton uh found in almost every ocean freshwater habitat yeah so it's just it looks like plankton uh, like wow. if you look up a copepod it later it's a little single celled organism with two antennae um so funny but they create um oxygen for you know most of the the world um and uh with global warming and things uh since the 50s it's their populations almost halved what um, seriously yeah because the oceans are warming and so plankton are dying and so wow. yeah it's not great it's not great. No, that's bad. So we definitely need. Uh, anyway, uh, so separate separate you know, podcast about climate change. Yeah, big huge but, um, problems that we have to solve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the ocean is suffering. But anyway, mm -hmm. we 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 got to save the little planktons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, so they provide oxygen for most of the world, which I think is really cool. Here's 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 something I've been dying to know, Frankie. Yeah, so please ask me. If you went through the Chum Bucket Analyzer, what would it say your percentages are made up of? What would it say? Oh my goodness, what a great question. <laughs> to, to, to recap, it said that seaweed was 50% sea and 50% weed. 50% weed. <laughs> I laughed out loud for that so part funny. as well. I'm like, oh yeah, makes sense. And Plankton again, like you said, 1% evil, 99% hot gas. What yeah. would Frankie Grande be? Um, 100% glitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite moment from this episode? I mean, I thought it was really funny, and I, I guess I forgot this from when I was a kid. When Plankton goes, I'm smarter than you. I went to college. I think it's really funny. <laughs> I'm like, that is the most insecure thing somebody could say. <laughs> and kind of sums up the character for me. So, so that was a super funny moment, along with spongebob laughing too much those are those are some of my favorite favorite moments what about yourself what's your single favorite moment from the introductory episode of plankton my favorite moment is uh this is my lab <laughs> and this is my laboratory <laughs> when it's a picture of a labrador retriever <laughs> i scream laughed i so funny. screamed at my television this it's is so my funny. lab I couldn't breathe. It's great because the that college line, like in Camp Coral, he's working at the at the camp in the in the canteen, like serving the campers food, and he's saving for his college fund. Is oh, what Plankton is doing. Thought about these I know, things. right? Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, they thought about it. There's, you know, it's like, yeah, it's so interesting. I wonder if there's um like a uh, you know as people are sitting, like if if the actual cast, uh, you know, and writers, yeah, and creators who have been working on it for years, who, who remembers, remembers this stuff? stuff? 
Are is they, there are, like a, a Wikipedia for SpongeBob there, that's there like in the is. room? There's a SpongeBobpedia you know for sure. But I but I wonder if I yeah, Frankie, that's a great question. Are they looking these things up themselves or do they just know? Do they remember? Like, no, in episode three, um, he oh says that he's going to go to college. Oh, so, great, we'll put that in this episode. Yeah. Great, good, good and catch. Who is that the, person? I I want to know. I definitely yeah. want to know. And the really funny thing too is that because Plankton is like the anti-Sandy. Right. The, the mad scientist versus the good scientist mm. is that Plankton being on Camp Coral is also technically the reason why Sandy is in the show. Because as we know, SpongeBob and Sandy meet when they're adults, but yet Sandy Cheeks is on Camp Coral. I know I talked about this before. There's a great episode in Camp Coral where you learn that the whole episode is they need to get some food replacement for the camp. So SpongeBob creates a burger and it's so tasty and he wrote down the formula somewhere and the entire episode is Plankton's trying to get it. And at the end, they inadvertently burn it up. And it's Sandy is like the young Sandy Cheeks is involved in it accidentally getting destroyed. And then she goes and talks to somebody and it's her future self drawn in 2D animation style, Sandy Cheeks, the one that we know from the future, from the present. And she says, good, I'm glad that I reached back in time, told my younger self to go to Camp Coral to meet SpongeBob just so that you could prevent Plankton from getting the secret formula then, because in my future, it was really bad when he got the secret formula. So now she's a part multiverse. of the show. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's like a time travel multiverse thing. And I think it's so funny. And the logic is so airtight and thought of. And yet, in the Patrick Star show, the logic is thrown out the window, Frankie. Yeah, yeah. They, as There's we know, no like they're just like, and insanity. And it's so yeah. funny and so great. Oh, I, and I do think that the fans will appreciate that because I, I had that moment of being like, what? Yep. You know, when I first saw the first episode of Camp Coral, I was like, yep. what is happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, they don't know each other yet. I love yeah. that episode. It's under the tree dome. <laughs> but now it's all, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. They it's thought a it multiverse. Through. They thought, Duh, through, yeah. I mean, thanks to Marvel, like we accept multiverses very easily now. I think there's a lot of suspension of disbelief in mm-hmm. that world. So mm-hmm. it's great. It's they, true. Thank you, Marvel, for teeing us up to never, mm-hmm. ever, ever question when there's in, in uh, <laughs> not continuity in things moving Absolutely. forward. They're like, oh, no, that's just a multiverse. 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 Yeah. You know, yeah. that Starbucks cup in that Game of Thrones episode, it's, it's just a multiverse. I wonder if like people will use that in real life. Like if they were a jerk to somebody, then the next day they call them. And they're like, I got to apologize. <laughs> it was my multiverse self. Some, some for some other universe it wasn't me so anyway we're good like what <laughs> please uh, please let's everyone listening to this do that at some point yeah. in their life Call, in this yeah. next week i challenge you Just yeah like, act that weird wasn't me. that was multiverse me <laughs> great episode of spongebob great squarepants episode. a dang classic i love plankton i love this episode uh i love that it has gifted us with the gif of plankton controlling spongebob's brain only that it's not spongebob i've used the gif where it's vince mcmahon from the wwe walking down the ramp (laughs) like and he looks he looks so silly walking so that it's like plankton controlling him so funny um so funny we cannot overstate the contribution to pop culture that this episode gives us so that is jellyfishing and plankton what a joy to talk about them with you frankie thank you for sharing your knowledge your insight and your joy can't wait for the next episode this was great me too hector i adore you and i adore spongebob and i'm so excited that we have plankton now to add to our colorful list of characters that we get to talk about every single week we will see you next week guys bye bye